Welcome to Footnotes, created by Francis Garrett, a professor of Buddhist studies at the University of Toronto. Footnotes is a series of short lectures on research in the field. Each episode features an article or book chapter from an academic book. We aim to make topics in Buddhist studies research freely accessible to students and the public. This is Francis. In this episode of Footnotes, I'll talk about Sharon Sue's essay called Buddhist Meditation as Strategic Embodiment, an Optative Reflection. This is a chapter in the book Flashpoints for Asian American Studies, published in 2017 by Fordham University Press. Sharon Sue is a professor of religious studies at Seattle University. She's the author of several books on Buddhism, and she also works on transformative justice projects and teaches yoga for trauma recovery. Our music today is a piece called Plant Food from an album called A Quiet Age. It was composed by Nick Bomarito, who's an assistant professor of philosophy at Simon Fraser University in Vancouver, Canada. He does research on moral psychology and Buddhist philosophy and is the author of a book called Seeing Clearly, A Buddhist Guide to Life. In this article, Sharon Sue wants to look into what happens when Buddhism becomes distilled down to just meditation. What happens in that case to devotional practices, rituals, and all the other things that are important to everyday Buddhists in different parts of the world? Sharon Sue takes a slightly different approach to this question than some other people do because she wants to ask specifically about the body and what happens to the bodies, the racialized bodies, of Buddhists when mindfulness, which is thought of as being about the mind, takes center stage. She suggests that this subordination of the body has happened in some forms of North American Buddhism precisely because it's just assumed that the meditating body is a white person. But what happens then to all the other kinds of bodies that practice Buddhism? This article is also distinctive because Sharon Sue specifically wants to focus on Asian Americans, who she says are often invisible in the discussion of American Buddhism, despite the fact that they've been building Buddhist temples on North American land since long before mindfulness came on the scene. I'm going to read what she says the upfront claims of this article are because she states this so clearly. Sharon Sue says, First, what we know of as mindfulness meditation emerged out of the privileging of white American Buddhism over and against Asian American forms of practice that have been deemed overly popular, devotional, and by extension, inauthentic. Second, despite the legacy of white supremacy and privilege that shapes much of the contemporary discourse of meditation, it is possible to render visible the raced bodies that have been largely ignored in the construction of American Buddhism. And finally, meditation can be revisioned as practices of skillful means to heal the bodily alienation and internalized white supremacy that affects many people of color. But also, she wants to go a step further into thinking about how meditation could actually be reshaped to be able to be used as a healing tool, partly by reorienting our attention to the body and giving less focus on the mind. Let's think about how the body could be the center of practice, is what she's saying.
what needs to be done for this effort is also to readjust our focus away from the model of the meditating monk and turn more attention to lay people, giving them the right to be authentic Buddhists. She addresses what she calls the culture of white supremacist body aesthetics, which promotes the idea that the right body is the white body. And she suggests that one thing we need to start with is to focus on an embodied Buddhism creating the conditions for positive self-regard, that is, healthy self-esteem. Bell Hooks calls healthy self-esteem the foundation of a progressive anti-racist politics that can change how we relate in everyday life. Sharon Sue asks, what might an embodied Buddhist approach that reconceptualizes meditation as a practice to settle into the body What might that offer people of color whose very bodies are assaulted physically, socially, psychologically on a daily basis? Sharon Sue describes a memoir that she uses in her courses by a biracial author called Meeting Faith, the Forest Journals of a Black Buddhist Nun that shows an example of how the author uses meditation to resolve some of the terrible experiences of racism and sexism that she had experienced as a student at Harvard. As some of you are aware, there are really lots and lots of kinds of meditation in Buddhism, and Sharon Sue describes a few of those kinds that can be especially helpful for healing wounds of internalized white supremacy. These include practices like loving kindness, which helps develop a healthy sense of self-love and self-acceptance. Bell Hooks talks about the importance of giving oneself the gift of being loved, just as one is. The meditation teacher Sharon Salzberg talks about generating a sense of inner abundance that can be gained from loving-kindness meditation practice. I'll leave you to read a bit more about the details of these practices in this article and how Sharon Sue suggests that they can help people heal from racial stress. section of this article, Professor Sue brings up an early Buddhist text, the Satipatthana, or the Sutra on the Four Establishments of Mindfulness, which might be familiar to some of you if you've studied Buddhism before. In particular, she cites that famous passage where the practitioner is asked to meditate on their body as a sack of skin filled with impurities. This meditation is typically used to help practitioners release their attachment to the desires for the self for permanence, beauty, or agelessness, which in Buddhism is a key cause for suffering. Sometimes this passage is used to suggest that early Buddhist practices had a totally negative attitude toward the body. But Professor Sue wants us to consider a different interpretation. She suggests that being simply aware of the body as body during this kind of meditation practice can allow a sort of neutrality to emerge. She says, a space opens for that social vexing body that doesn't fit within the dominator culture's vision of what body should be and is interpreted and racially neutralized. She suggests that this practice can help someone think of the body as just a container that holds everything inside it together, 
which she contrasts to the feeling of a body as contents under pressure about to explode. And that this sensation might help someone even temporarily divest themselves of the social stigmatization that's placed upon certain kinds of bodies. In Sharon Sue's words, rather than avoiding or neutralizing race and experiences of racism, meditation allows a rejoining of the mind with the body as it is, where the skin, bones, blood, organs are embraced as they are, a temporary, constantly changing phenomenon whose energies create this person in this very moment. I'll leave you to read the conclusion to this short but powerful article and think about whether in your experience learning about or practicing meditation, if you've had those experiences, if you can see how meditation could be, as Professor Sue puts it, a practice of building the self rather than deconstructing the self, and how the more embodied approaches to Buddhist meditation might serve the healing purposes that she describes. This episode of Footnotes was produced by Francis Garrett with sound editing by Jesse Witte. The Footnotes series was created at the University of Toronto in Canada with support from eCampus Ontario.